This is just a quick note that this episode has some crappy audio issues going on. This was a very candid on the fly conversation that turned into a really powerful one. So if you could struggle through some of the crackly audio, please do, because what this episode contains is a conversation that you really need to hear. We are unlimited energetic beings, but as women, we're taught to believe that our worth is in direct proportion to whether or not we're acceptable to others. We spend our lives keeping our mouths closed at work, playing it small in relationship with family and friends, dieting, and for many of us, sadly, seeking out a partner not for love and companionship, but for the social accolades that come with having a man put a ring on it. My name's Dr. Liz Dubois, and I've spent the last decade traveling the globe talking to women facing different types of trauma. Through my work and my research, I've come to believe that no matter what it is we're facing, we're all playing it small. This podcast is my rallying cry for us to step into our power and stop living within the bounds of what society taught us was acceptable. Each week, I spotlight the story of a badass woman who's refusing to play it safe any longer. Within each of their stories, you'll hear practical advice to step into your own power, find your authentic worth, and unapologetically live your purpose. This is my invitation to you to be small, no more. Today, my guest is a friend who has asked to remain anonymous. And she's asked to remain anonymous because we're about to do a really deep dive into some of the nitty gritty that healthcare workers are experiencing in the COVID-19 crisis. If you are a person that is walking around in the world trying to do your best right now, wearing masks and saying thank you to healthcare workers, saying thank you to grocery store attendants, I want you to listen up, not because you have more work to do or that you're doing something wrong but because there's some larger dynamics at play here that we actually may be able to influence change around. So please listen to the end. Please consider the ways in which you may be able to influence change. And for God's sakes, go wash your hands. So you recently were out and about at a public beach, figured you were outside, other people would be socially distancing, and that it would be okay. Tell me a little bit about what happened. Um, Luckily, nobody came close, but all around. And I feel like, you know, it was, you know, just great that I was able to find a spot, but I didn't even want to stay long because it was so uncomfortable. Just nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody really thought like, oh yeah, the pandemic's gone. It's done. Like it's really, or if they thought that at all and I don't know. Um, what What is that like as a healthcare worker to like see that happening? Um, like what runs through your mind? I get, I got, I was like angry because, um, you know, as a healthcare worker, I work in medical imaging. So basically from the time that this has started, I've had to... <sighs> tell patients like please put your mask back on please cover your nose with your mask please no this is a medical facility please leave your mask on like just because we do clean it up and we're taking extra safety precautions doesn't mean that oh I go in the MRI room and I'm safe no you're in a medical facility we're still open the whole time 
like, please, just please keep your mask on, um, you know, or even in the CAT scan room. Um, we get a lot of, a lot, uh, not as much now, but we were getting a lot of the patients by accident. You know, they come in for an abdomen pelvis and then um, you could see the base of their lungs and, um, you know, the report comes back. We have a folder at work. That Wait, is- hang on. Say that. What? Oh, we have like, so they come in for an abdomen pelvis and um, any part that is scanned, the radiologist has to report on. So we we can see the base of their lungs in an abdomen pelvis. So of course we do what's called lung windows. Lung windows accentuate those lungs um, for better visibility of lung disease. So there, they will come back positive for coat, you know, potentially they can't say a hundred percent, but it has, um, you know, as healthcare workers, we're aware of what COVID looks like. So yeah. we're pretty much like, we know, um, what, oh, this one looks COVID-y. And of course we would never say that, you know, I, I giggle because you should never call say that to a patient, but right. yeah, we're like, oh no, not another COVID one, you know. And and so they're like in the MRI, in like the, yeah, tunnel, like with their masks off. Well, yes. Um, so what we do is there's sort of like a wind tunnel. Is we go down to the ends of the MRI, and we squirt the whole thing down and. Like the other day, I started squirting the one end down after every patient, um, because in the MRI we don't know if they're positive or not, because you yeah. know they could be asymptomatic. So I started squirting it down, and like we soak it, and um, you let the stuff sit, and uh, you know it disinfects. So the lady goes. Oh, that almost got into my eyes. So in a really nice way, I'm like, oh, you're fine. It gets into my eyes all the time. At least your eye is Corona free. Like people do not care about the extra care we're taking. They do not care to leave their masks on. They're wearing these dirty gloves. And then this lady came in and reprimanded me for wearing the wrong kind of mask. So I told her, I said, well, you are reusing gloves all day long. I said, that is very dirty. I said, you're, and and I said, I, I suggest, you know, and I said in a very nice loving way, but I was like, what you should do is go home and take a shower, take off those gloves, throw them out. You're in a medical facility. Oh, well, I'm going to go to Kroger, which is the local grocery store. And I'm like, I'm like, you should not go to Kroger. Like you're in a medical facility. You're sitting in the same area potentially as a patient. You could have COVID yourself. And it's just people aren't aware. They think, oh, well, uh, Kroger is essential. So I, you know, I can touch things. So therefore it's a safe zone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like you and I have talked about a couple of times like how angry you are when oh, yeah. people say like think you know but like yeah. me you know I'm a I'm a dumbass like I I have been saying like it, until until you and I talk I, I have been saying to people like like at the checkout line at the grocery store when I see a healthcare worker like I live next to the marine barracks I have been saying like thank you for going to work I'm so appreciative and then you and I talked and like like what are your feelings about that yeah I I think that I think that the situation that I'm in, like, I, 
I am grateful for the people like nurses and whatnot, but a part of me is extremely angry about it. And I find myself like flipping the bird, like, thank you for the healthcare workers. Like I know up in New Jersey, like they will at a certain time, they clap and honk. Yeah. And I think the effort is nice, but like, then you have like people like us who are in an outpatient facility who we don't get, you know, the necessary PPE, which is pers- uh, personal protective equipment, or I-, I forget what it stands for, but it's like gloves, yeah, um, clothes coverings, the pr- the right mask, all the stuff, like even hand sanitizer, all the stuff that we have, we've sort of like, sm- like not smuggled it, but like had to barter for it. Like, yeah, like you were saying, like, back channels to like get masks right like thank you's not enough give me a fucking mask and some hand sanitizer and alcohol wipes yeah and like even just like oh okay I have to do this positive COVID patient can I have shoe covers can I have clothes for my my uh, covers for my clothes so what we did was we just put on the patient scrubs took them off immediately and like went through a whole thing ourselves and um, my coworker went in the bathroom. I went in the other, like, so we developed our own system. Luckily I had spare shoes in the car where I could just wash my shoes. She didn't have spare shoes. We don't have any Lysol at work. Lysol has run out. We do have other stuff like um, it's Cavicide and then somebody got a different spray, but Um, Yeah, the regular places like they're they're putting in. Oh, they don't have. uh, Oh, they don't have these things. So they like stop trying to get us these things. Like they told us it was the policy to wear masks. So I said first thing out of my mouth. Oh, are you going to provide masks? No. And I was livid that first day. You know, and they're like, "Be quiet. Patients can hear you." Like there's. The co-workers were not, I mean, the patients couldn't so hear me. So wear, but... wear, wear masks to work, but we're not going to give you them. Yep. Uh, thank you for going to work, healthcare workers, but we're not actually going to provide you any cleaning supplies. And if you clean the shit, we're going to be real mad and cranky about it. And by the way, I might be positive, but screw you, I'm going to Kroger's and Dirty Gloves. Yeah, and don't forget, like, they, they love to cough in your face. And you're just looking at them like, unbelie- like you just coughed in my face and there's a pandemic. Like, could you not? Like, first off, put your put your mask back on. <laughs> Second. <laughs> oh, God. I'm, like, laughing, but I'm, no, I, I, like, simultaneously, like, rubbing my face really hard while going, like, what? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, like, I don't know what to do other than say, like, no, and the thank you for... Yeah, and then I'm going back to be like, but but like it's it's such I I don't know like when I drive past Arlington Cemetery, mm-hmm. which is fairly frequent because I live across the bridge from it, and I think about all of the soldiers in there who are buried from the Vietnam War. I get really angry because I think about how fucking unnecessary it was that they died. And how trite it is to say, like, thank you for your service yeah. to someone that, like, really didn't have to go do this, right? And it, like, it was only for, they were kind of like a sacrificial lamb and, like, a, to political dumbness. And I just think right now, about to open up, I'm just like, how, how many more healthcare workers are in danger as a result of, like, eagerness to feel normal again? Yeah, well, I... 
personally, I'm like, I'm very much on the logical side. I, I'm, I don't believe we're, we all have to die from this. Um, but on the other side, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't think we should wear a mask. And unfortunately, with the president that we have, there's a lot more of that going around. Like I had this uh, guy, the IT guy was sitting next to me and he was telling me, he's like, oh, I don't need, I, I don't even think we need it. It's fine. And the, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So like, okay, so don't wear a mask, but like the facts are out there. Like I would think that especially with the family that someone would at least do what they need to do to protect themselves and their family from bringing something home, which in essence is what these nurses are doing. Like this guy I went to high school, he parked his trailer outside of his place in, um, in New Jersey and just lived at the hospital for a month. So he couldn't bring it home. And, and, Mm. you know, but then, yeah, then we have the flip side where, you know, there's just people who are being so flippant about it. So it's like, you know, that's when the hand sanitizer becomes so necessary. That's when the mask becomes so necessary. And, you know, simple things like I work for a facility that doesn't provide them. Like the CFO got this mask from China. I have nothing against China. Like directly from China? Yeah, a lot of, like I don't know if you notice, but a lot of our, um, if you order on Amazon, like toilet paper's coming from all the our stuff that we need. It's coming from China. That's why it's taken a good month. It's yeah, a weird. Yeah, I mean, thing. I'm, I'm not like yeah. I'm not like oh gosh, it's not American yeah. made. I meant like, is it that there's not enough supplies and like. I- outpatient facilities are having to like get super bootstrappy about it well this isn't even the owner getting this this is the cfo he's going getting his taking his own money because the owner is not getting it so he's getting what he can because it's the only thing that's available so he gets these and i used to have asthma so i do have a little bit sensitive lungs so now okay great so we don't have the real n95s that's fine we have these KN95s. Now, when I wear these KN95s, um, there's something in them. I don't know whether they get dusty with the shipping or the way that they're made, but there's um, it causes nose pain. Like the inside of my nose will hurt after a day of wearing them. The inside of my throat hurts after a day of wearing them. Um, one week, I completely lost my voice. Um, two weeks that I was wearing it. Um, like after each week I got bloody noses. So I can't even wear the, the Chinese N95s. I was like joking around like, Oh God, am I going to die from particulates now? Like down the line, did you, you know, the commercials, did you use the KN95? Oh, the mesothelium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The call, caller law office. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, it's crazy to me because I think like, like my law firm, right. Or the law firm I work for, we have been, I think really judicious in how we're going to like reopen. There's a whole policy and like there's thermometers involved. And I think there's some businesses that are taking this really seriously, but the, what makes me really mad and where I was like, Oh my God, please stop talking and let's hit record was when you were like, I figured out why I'm so mad when people say like, thank you for going to work. And it's because it's like lip service because like, who the fuck needs your thanks? Like, hand me actual supplies and equipment. Yeah, like, 
you know, some, I heard some hospitals like St. Joe's in this area, they're giving, they gave a check to their employees for working during this time. And not that money fixes everything, but that's like an actual thank you. And I feel like yeah, not enough of the employers are saying thank you. Where's the thanks from the employers? Like I, we are literally showing up, putting our lives on the line. You're not giving us what we need. And there's no thank you from them. And the people that are thanking us are the people that can't really do anything for us. These are the people that are like, oh my God, you know, there's nothing that I can do, but I can say thank you. And for that, I, I do appreciate it. But I feel like that's probably why I'm angry because the right people aren't thankful about this thing. Um, mm. And the people that you're trying to help, they don't care about protecting you either. Like I said, with the, like a lady couldn't hear me on, um, what was it, yesterday. She couldn't hear me, so she tastes the mask down below her nose. And of course, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, you can put your mask on. And I, I very, you know, I'll, I'll enunciate more and, and be louder. Um, but it's just like, you know, there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much just, I don't know. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm angry because you're fighting with the patients to be safe. Um, you're basically protecting their lives you're protecting your life and then the owners are just trying to drive those numbers up like there's no thank you for this whole thing it or and still we haven't gotten masks from him oh and the ladies upstairs go oh how come you don't have your american made n95 on <laughs> oh because i fucking don't have the one, one the, i forgot you supplied me one at the beginning of this thing i forgot i used it remember when i'm in contact with all these patients <laughs> yeah oh can you talk a little bit about that because i i will also say i'm guilty of this like i've got a mask in the car and it's kind of like that's the mask in the car and then there's one in the purse and like like are these and I feel stupid but like is it like what's the safety related to like wearing the same one over and over I again I just I don't you can ask any healthcare worker and we're like disgusted by that because um you know it's it's not you're basically like um the mask that I got uh, allegedly there's this place close to me and they've got FDA approval for the equivalent of an N95 and those are washable. It's really not like, I can't tell you how many times a day I spray the outside of my mask. And I heard that that's what the nurses are doing too. They're trying to clean their PPE. You know, they're, um, they of course have to wear the full body stuff and thank God they're they're A lot of their employers are supplying it, but they're trying their best to clean the outside of it. Um, because it, it shouldn't like the first thing that you learn is you never reuse PPE. As soon as you leave mm -hmm. an isolation room, you're taking it off and throwing it in. Um, so my thing would be like, you know, the gloves, like when you're, I, I get so grossed out when I see a patient coming in with these gloves that you could see that they've been using the whole time. And it's like, 
right now that glove is probably a cesspool of you know germs and that's our hands our hands are usually the biggest carriers hands money and um you know if if it isn't cleaned then it's totally you know so let's say you keep yourself safe by wearing gloves but you know wherever you put those gloves if you put them in your pocket then that germs in your pocket you know if you're putting it in a purse it's in your purse you know um i just i just that's what i don't reuse anything if i reuse anything i'm alcoholing my hands in between i'm spraying the outside yeah. of the mask it's just um I don't know. It's, it's a weird, weird thing that once you're taught something and then you have to like an actual, um, pandemic happens, you're like, Oh yeah, this is fine. And you're like, no, it's what? No. (laughs) Yeah. Oi, do you feel like, I'm just thinking about the kind of power dynamic of this, right? Of you are in a private healthcare facility and I'm assuming people have like the option to go to your facility or other facilities. Right. So there's a like certain element of like competitive um, capitalism involved. And that, so there's like a customer service component. Right. And then you have patients coming in that, you know, are, are not using protective gear in, in ways that are actually protecting you, whether or not they're protecting them. Right. And so you've got like a customer service element and you have a kind of managing up element where you, you can't really like bust into the CEO's office and be like, fuck you very much for not providing me masks. And you can't like really be, you know, you can't be frank with the secretary upstairs and be like, listen, bitch, my American made N95 is in the trash because I happen to get an education <laughs> in this shit and I know yeah. what I'm talking Right. And so it's like you're managing up, you're doing customer service. So it's kind of like at no point do you ever actually get to be an expert in the thing that you're an expert in and say like, Hey, there's a global pandemic. I happen to be a trained healthcare professional. Let me tell you how to keep yourself safe because it's like, then you're being rude to your boss, then you're being a bitch to the staff, then you're, you know, maybe putting the wrong face forward with a customer service. And it's like the actual people that could be saving us because you have the training and information, you're not allowed to say what you need to say because, oh, by the way, capitalism is involved, customer service is involved. Don't be too mouthy or else you're a bitch, right? All of that. Yeah, no, it is um, incredibly frustrating Because like I, especially the whole mask thing, I got so frustrated because I was like, okay, so you're telling me that we're wearing a mask with every single patient, but we're not clean. You know, what about the lockers? What about this? What about that? And like talking about all this stuff and it was just like the policies that went in place, um, especially in the beginning, they just weren't enough. So I just... Like, I tried to nicely, um, I had one patient who, that one patient that I kind of touched on earlier, it was like, she kind of said that thing, like, she, the way that she worded it was that, like, don't, you know, I was upset because don't you dare have the audacity to come in here and think that I would ever put you or your mom at risk. And I didn't see that in so much words, but I educated her on everything. Right. I was the one that was going to go to Kroger after this with her reused right, PPE. Right. 
And she thanked me for the education, but I was like livid because I was like, this is, you know, this is, this is the whole problem with this. But yeah, it's like, I sit here, I sat there and I watched. So you're telling us all these stuff, put, put masks on and I'm watching the patients and some places, businesses you go to have dirty pens, clean pens, which is great. And they do wipe mm-hmm. off the pens yep. at the beginning of the day, but there's a lot of stuff they're not letting the front desk know. So I'm watching the front desk reuse PPE like gloves all day long. And I'm like, this is not safe, but I'm not in charge. I'm not a boss. The day that I vented about it, they're like, the patients are going to hear you, which by the way, None of the patients mm. heard me. I wasn't saying anything. I was just saying, like, you know, I was talking about how it, it's about washing the hands. Don't put your hands in your mouth. Don't touch your eye. Don't touch your nose. You know, these things, like, I was saying all stuff that was absolutely true, but. Right. Scientifically accurate, no, but inconvenience from a customer. Yes, service standpoint. And there's no, nobody wants to talk about what's actually, what you've actually learned in, in class. It's more along the lines of what the news have said, what's lately accepted by the CDC and what policies are in place. You know, um, yesterday is the first day that they started saying that patients need to wear a mask or they can't come in. Can you believe that? We've been... Wait, yesterday yesterday. was when they said? So just for those listening, 29th. So you have been going to a healthcare facility for 11 weeks where people have not had to wear masks. As employees, we have to wear masks when we're within six feet. We end up wearing our masks like all day. But... The um, we'll take breaks for like drinking fluids, but for the most part, we just walk around with our masks on because you know you don't know. Um, it's a small facility, so we've taken certain measures like um, now when we confirm, we started confirming the patients ourselves and basically having them wait out in the car. We bring the paperwork out to the car. Um, they did buy new clipboards that they can wipe off, but here's the thing you're bringing a clipboard out to the car with the pen. With the paperwork, mm-hmm. the patient is filling out the paperwork, and then they give me the paperwork. So what's wrong with that right there? You're giving me – it's basically a fomite. It's like your car, right? Like, thank you for your yeah, car germs. Yeah, so you just touched all this paperwork, and now I'm getting it. So I'm acutely aware of this, and I keep washing my hands, but, um, you know, I won't put any food in my mouth. If I put – like, when I have a whole procedure when I just eat my lunch – Um, but like a front desk guy, I was watching him and, you know, like I said, I was basically, um, they don't like when I say anything They're, you know, I had that rant that day, um, you know, after everybody was gone and I even said that guy and, uh, the guy, he ended up getting it. He was out for like a month of work. He's back. He's younger. Mm. But, um, but you just like you're watching people with these unsafe practices and the information that's out there is incorrect. And I've um, that's like I feel like as trite as it sounds like Facebook has been a great release because like I follow this thing like yeah. um, Code Blue or something. And it's talking about the ridiculousness of the CDC, the ridiculousness of the, the um, management, the ridiculousness of the patients, the ridiculousness, this whole, there's 
just there should be somebody in charge who actually knows what they're talking about. And, you know, I mean, in each facility, there should be somebody in charge who actually knows what they're talking about and can provide their employees with like a safe environment instead of putting policies in place that are just, I mean, pun intended to mask the situation, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just thinking like I my jaw's still on the floor a little bit. So I'm (laughs) gonna try to collect myself. But like, no, because like when people started wearing masks, right? Like what I saw on my social and from people that have, I think, been more intentional. I, I th- the owner of our law firm, um, Chrissy Zlackis, has just been really good about staying up on kind of, like, what safety yeah. procedures are. And so, like, <laughs> she's been my, like, source of non-hysteria information. But there are people that have been, like, in my life that have been oh, giving God. me good information because I just find the news, like, really triggering. But where where i'm going with this is what i was told was the masks aren't really to protect you it's to protect the people around you right because they don't actually block the particles from coming like onto your face and your nose and your mouth it's that your stuff is less likely to get transmitted and so like you're walking into a space where your boss is like no you're essential you have to be at work you know, you put on a mask so that our poor patients don't get sick, but fuck you very much. I'm not going to make the patients wear them. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they could still like cough on your, on your face and you, you know, you get stuff. We do have goggles available, but it gets, um, you know, for the most part, I mean, my one coworker, she's constantly wearing the, the goggles, which maybe, I should constantly, I just try to keep my six feet distance, even with the masks and try to, okay, we're still in a pandemic, six feet, um, but we do have the goggles available. Again, you know who provided the goggles? The CT lead tech. (laughs) So So it's you guys, the healthcare workers sourcing this Mm -hmm. for each other and not employers and then you're still dealing with patients that aren't actually being asked to wear stuff that's going to yeah. protect you. And now they don't have any alcohol for up front and they wanted to take the, or hand sanitizer. They wanted to take the hand sanitizer from back by us. So the CT lead tech, he's like, well, he's like, no, we can't. He's like, cause these patients are coming in, they're dousing their hands with it. And then, um, they're, uh, like they're basically wasting it. Like this is liquid gold right now. We're basically smuggling for it through like our, you know, Mm. maintenance guy or whatever. Like he's trading us for masks or whatever. And, um, you know, so wait, your maintenance, like your facility maintenance is like trading you hand sanitizer (laughs) for masks because, and this is in a yeah, healthcare and facility. it's a privately owned one, and yeah, uh, I mean, even our repair guy, the GE repair guy, he didn't have a mask, so like we gave him a mask that he can reuse. But like, yeah, nobody. Mm. It's there's none of the stuff that we have for safety besides gloves is actually, um, and we were able to get the cavicide, which is great because we ran out of that. Um, we did have the wipes, but not the spray, which the spray, I feel like isn't necessary when the patient's in the MRI machine so long, but, um, 
no, the cavicide is the thing that like you douse yeah, the machines yeah, that's with. The stuff like we spray and <laughs> that yeah, that that lady. Oh, you almost got it in my eye. <laughs> You're like better in your eye than in your like, lung. Well, I said I'm like, well, then your eye won't have corona. She did not find that funny, but yeah. I mean. If you're going to yell at me for that, I, I just don't, I don't care. Like, it, it's clean. I got it in my yeah. eyes. I got it in my lungs. Like, it's. <laughs> um, Here. Like, what? So, let's say you, you see a lung yeah. and it's Corona-y. What do you do? So what, what are you allowed to do? We're not. What we're allowed to do is it, we're allowed to call the ordering doctor and see if it's not already a stat. Um, the one, oh, stat What's is a like stat? it gets red within a couple of hours or else it takes like a day to get red. Okay. Um, Got it. So basically like one patient, they weren't doing well anyway. So we just went upstairs and we let the doctor know, hey, this patient looks a little corona-y and do you want to see him back upstairs? And they're like, no, <laughs> they're need, they need to go to the hospital. So um, it's just, um, there's not, there's not, because we're outpatient, they have the, you know, one of those 24-7 medical facilities upstairs, but they don't have the proper stuff mm-hmm. to you know, treat people in the long run. So then that would be, they, they get sent to a hospital, but, um, yeah, not much you can do. It's like we're, what happens is for the most part, we get these, we might be busy. We get these reports the next day. Um, and it's like, Oh, another Corona patient. And like, we've just been using, um, you know, basic, they, call it like universal precautions where you treat every single patient as if they're infected. Well, we're, we treat every single patient mm-hmm. as if they have Corona. So that room is getting basically um, just completely detailed after every single patient. Um, so it's just one mm-hmm. of those things where you know, it's like, Oh, all right, cool. Um, well, we were careful. We've been careful for a while. Um None of us, none of the employees have gotten sick, or I'm sorry, none of the technologists have gotten sick. Just one of the doctors, um, he just came back, and his son, who um, works up at the, um, our, the out, our, um, I'm sorry, a medical or imaging reception, he works there. He just came back on Wednesday, too. He's doing great. Of course, he's in his 20s. Um, he was worried about his father because his father was very unhealthy, but his father's on the up and up. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank goodness. goodness. What's made you the most frustrated as a healthcare worker throughout um, this thing? Hmm. I think, I think it's just that because, like, to be honest, like I've, I love health care. I've always loved health care. And I'm acutely aware of the fact like universal precautions apply, you know, any patient that walks in, we always, we're supposed to always treat them as if they have, you know, something and always have to wash your hands, always have to do this, always have to do that. Um, but I think that what frustrated me is just the fact that like, 
the necessary, all of a sudden when everything happened, the necessary supplies weren't there. And like, you know, I would do social distancing and go to parks and I saw like an N95 on the, on the ground. And so somebody had just thrown it on the ground and it's sitting in the dirt. And like, that's a mess that I could use. Or I see a meme Hmm. that is like I saw a woman she had used a mask as two masks as a bra and one mask as her underwear and one mask over her eyes so none of it was covering her mouth and it was supposed Hmm. to be funny and um, all I'm doing is looking at it like those are the masks that like we could have used you know and it's just, I feel like at the mm-hmm. beginning of this whole thing, like I was at work and all the toilet paper got bought up. Like at the beginning of this, I was using um, St. Patty's Day napkins because I didn't have toilet paper. Um, so it's. Because you were at work yeah, while everyone exactly. else was at like, Costco. I lived like, I tried to go to the grocery store like barely at all. So one week I was living on protein bars which is like very hard to live on just that. <laughs> I was so <laughs> that week. No. But I think that that was the thing, like the whole panic and people buying it up and just like there, it was, man, it was like, and I heard, I remember going to CVS and people were arguing in the front. It's like people just turned into savages. Like my, my, um, People just got angry. My family got angry and some of them were like extra angry towards other members of the family. It's just, I think that's the whole thing. Like the people just turning into savages and you could even look at them. My employer, you know, the first thing that they said was they were going to try to drive the numbers up and every other Im- Wait, drive of, the numbers. Yeah. The of amount of patients we, patients? not the Corona. Okay. The number, our numbers, because we're not looking at Corona now. We're looking at this man and him making money. So he cut our hours and wanted to drive the numbers up. So now we're. The numbers yes. of patients, yeah. the financial oh, numbers? Yeah, the, like, I'm so confused. He, the financial numbers. The financial numbers. The amount of patients that we scan per day to go up. So they had an. an how like i don't understand the like marketing is it like a marketing opportunity or like what it's just i don't think he cares about us or corona or anything it's just he cares about what's in his bank account so and you know that's me making assumptions but how could it be anything other than that he like he cut our hours but wanted us to do 20 patients within a nine to five for two machines and then um, doesn't even count. Um, What's a normal, like, like a non-drive well, the numbers up it's number a 12 of hour day and we do like 33 patients. Two scanners. With about two scanners. About on average 33 patients, but within like 12 hours. Instead, it was like, okay, let's bring it down to eight hours. And um, even during an epidemic, even during wiping down things more let's let's it wasn't and he didn't say any of these even even it was just okay we're gonna try to hit 20 patients a day between cat scan and mri and there was just kind of like 
um, it, it, it's like about the bottom line and not about like, oh, hey, it's exhausting, you know, working around potentially patients that could infect you and then you could, you know, die. <laughs> we do what we can to keep our patients safe, but it's like, you know, um, sometimes we don't get lunches. Um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm used to that part from healthcare. I mean, you know, a lot of times you don't get your allotted lunch. I think it's a, a joke when you come into a place and they're like, yeah, you got two 15 minute breaks in a half an hour. <laughs> like if you actually get that, like good for you. <laughs> so in this moment where the national like narrative is thank you healthcare workers it's like well I really would love to get to eat more than a protein bar but there's nothing in my fridge because I'm working (laughs) around the clock or under these bizarre like constrained hours well there was a thing that you mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago where you were wearing your scrubs and like someone no 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 that was spit on you or something tell me me. I was warned I was warned. warned. Okay, that that was that, it. That someone um, you so knew. So there's this yeah, thing inside the perimeter. They told me. They said, you know, Amy, don't wear your scrubs because um, my friend's also in healthcare. We. Oh, I'm sorry. There's, What's the um, perimeter? Around Atlanta, there's a road 285. Oh, okay. And that's you know the road to get around the city. And so they call it inside the perimeter. So inside the perimeter, she goes, I don't know how it is by you. She goes, but do not wear your scrubs out because people are coughing in people's faces and spitting in people's faces if they have masks on and spitting in people's faces if they have scrubs on. What is that I don't know. The only thing that I could think of is maybe they think, well you know, you're bringing those germs out into the world. So I basically, I stopped going to the grocery store. Um, For the most part, I get my groceries uh, delivered, which is hard because there's, even if you're not, if you're not there, you can pick different things. But like, um, sometimes when they substitute, it's something you don't even eat. Or, um, or they'll send you if you say no substitutions, then you know, they'll send you a picture. Oh, we don't have any of this. Like I would find something else and here they're not going to find something else. So I've been just trying not to go to the grocery stores at all. And I stopped going after work because I'm not going to take the chance of, you know, walking into a place. Now I'm uh, outside. Yeah. Yeah. Where someone's going to spit And I get you. it. Like, it's I get it. Now, me, I would wear this sweatshirt. I have a long sweatshirt that goes, um, it's like a little fitted thing, goes over my clothes, and it goes actually down to mid-thigh because it's always so cold. And, you know, you want a sweatshirt that even when you, you bend over, like, nothing's hanging out, you're covered, you don't get air, you know. So it was pretty – I was using that kind of as my lab coat. And so what I was doing is as soon as I was leaving work, I was spraying my pants because um, I kept stuff in my car so that my car wouldn't get. Yeah. And then like, I have hand like sanitizer in my car on the Got door it. and I take off that sweatshirt, put it inside out and put it inside my lunch bag so that when I go home, like, of course, I do the thing. I walk in the door. I yell at my dogs. No, get. 
So like, they know the routine, go to their crates. Um, you know, I have to go upstairs. I have to take off all my clothes inside out because, you know, right in the hamper, take a shower. And I started like a little song, got to wash the COVID out of my hair. But (laughs) (laughs) a little South Pacific Broadway to keep you company while you contemplate the existential of it all. I try to be uh, humorous about, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, I even told one of the doctors at work, he's like, what's the rest of the lyrics? I'm like, I haven't gotten anything yet. You just repeat the verse over and over. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was a little scary. And then me and yeah. With people like knowing that, that if I go Potentially, get groceries after work, people might yeah. spit in my face. And I Ugh. basically also, it was wearing masks, just masks. People wore masks. So this was before like any orders went out of like, please, Jesus, wear a mask. It was like people that I remember seeing something on social, like a mom that mm-hmm. had an immune compromised child was wearing a 95 to a grocery store. This was a, probably really early March before mm-hmm. the world kind of shut down. And she like wrote this long rant of like, my son literally will die if he gets this. So I go to the grocery store in an N95 and then I sit on the porch and I wipe down all of my groceries with Lysol. And then I go in the garage and I take off my clothes and I walk into the house naked so I can take a shower so my kid doesn't die. And like people were giving her all this flack. Like she, she wrote this like impassioned plea on Facebook of like, please know that people that are immune compromised actually might die from this. And, but like she was getting like people mumbling under their breath, like people like you are the reason that the, like where everyone's just like overreacting and, you know, like, I don't know the science behind it. I'm not that kind of doctor, but like, I do know that the ice skating rink where my niece went to a summer camp last year is now a temporary morgue. And like, I don't, like, I don't need to have a PhD in, you know, all of the medical side of this in order to say, like, mm, something has clearly gone awry. And, like, it just, it makes me so mad on behalf of people working in the healthcare industry. Like, I, the the New York thing where, yeah. where the Blue Angels, like, flew over a bunch of cities, my house included. But, like, I remember reading, I think it was in the Times, like, somebody, like, a reporter being like, do you guys feel comfortable out here with your masks on, right? People were jammed, like, together to see the, the Blue Angels. And one of the guys that the interview, like, the, the reporter interviewed was like, I'm just out here to support the healthcare workers. Like, stop giving me flack about the mask. And I'm like, how fucking... Like it's not even yeah, irony. It's just right like, now, like, it, like my brow is furrowed. I was like, just I like oh, America confuses me. And there's like, there's like such um, a wide <laughs> variety of educated people out there, or people even wanting to know what true the truth is or what is actually like oh let me research this a little let me see if i'm being safe let me find out for myself you know so it's just um people are bizarre like i I just i and i feel like you know that's that's what i'm seeing like so many people it's just like the same thing so many people wearing a mask with their nose hanging out like what are you doing like that doesn't make any sense 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, you can support, I don't know. You can support people from home and still social distance. Like I don't. Yeah. I mean, I guess my like big question as someone who, right, like I don't work in the healthcare industry. I'm not as up to date on this as I could be if I was scrolling the news and, and having panic attacks. Um, like what is, what could actually be supportive, right? Like you get really triggered when people are like, thank you for going to work. Like what actually would feel like genuine expressions of I get that you are risking your life um, to go to work right now. I don't know. I guess I guess it would be like twofold. Like if the employees just took a mo- like the owners just took a moment to thank us for, you know, putting our lives at risk to run their company. Cuz that's what we're doing. And then the other thing is yeah. like you know if the patients that came in actually like, and you can't fix the world, but like if the patients that came in actually like wore their masks <laughs> or washed their hands or like if they took care of themselves, mm-hmm. but like you could see, you know, that uh, these people who the same people who are taking off the mask in the room. These are the same people who they're just doing it for show. They're just doing what looks good, but they're not being safe at all, you know? Um, but yeah. I think just the employer, like if, if not, it would go so far if the owner just said thank you it's just coming from the wrong person but I think what they're doing for healthcare workers with like supplying them food and even that honking like to know they're on lockdown and I think that that's a beautiful thing and I think that also what you're doing with like Kroger employees and whatnot like these people didn't sign on for this and yeah remember we talked about that like they didn't sign on for this and here they put themselves at risk there so yeah I mean it's interesting like as my office is preparing to open back up I I was talking to my mom last night and just kind of the the child care juggling that's going to happen as a result I was like you know my son goes to a majority black title one school and I was like if the moms that work at Harris Teeter across the street from my building can figure this out I can too right and like the the issues of privilege that have been highlighted, you know, right. The statistics around the members of the African-American community that are dying vis-a-vis white people. It's just yet another indicator of the ways in which our country is still so deeply broken. And like you said, like, you know, people that work at gas stations didn't sign on to risk their lives, you know, Oy. So if 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 the thank you's coming from the wrong place, right? Like people can vote with their dollars. How can people like me, right? Like I went to the dermatologist today. Like how can people like me use our spending power and like Yelp reviews to influence change in a way that actually would trickle down to you having 
the protection equipment you need to having perhaps bonuses as thank yous? Like what could we do to leverage our influence as consumers to try um, to I think that my facility probably not. The owner's very cheap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, call it but, call it as it is. Yeah, I I don't think I don't I don't know. I um I do think that yeah, I mean, normal, it, there are, like, the facility I worked out out in Seattle, it was amazing. Like, if you wrote a nice review of an employee, like, it got posted, like, they took care of their employees out there, and it was amazing. And I'm sure they're taking care of their employees now, you know what I mean? And I'm sure they're thanking them for their stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, that sort of thing. But I don't know if... I mean, I think, you know, what you were saying, like, I think it is, I think you thanking them yourself is a beautiful, it is a beautiful thing. It's just like I said, like, I get mad when it's coming from, it's not coming from, I think, I think I just needed to sort of like, I, it occurred to me when I saw this sign on the highway and it's, it's thanking us. And I, I just like, you know, I just, I want it. I think, I think that's the thing. I just want, I got it now. I'm like (laughs) stumbling on my words. What I want, this is what I would want. hundred percent. That's fully in everyone's control. Mm -hmm. Like go ahead, research how this is caught. Take the necessary precautions. Wash your friggin' hands. Don't eat stuff without washing your hands. Wash your mail, wash your groceries, Like, take all the necessary precautions so that this is over so that we don't have this pandemic anymore. That is within everybody's power. And that could actually be done. But, like, you you know, to research this, like, you know, I think that that each individual doing what needs to be done so we can just be done with this level, this added level of stress, you know. So what you just heard was a badass conversation between two powerhouse women. We're not out here to self-promote, although maybe a little. What this is all about, really, is giving you a permission slip to step outside of whatever BS bounds you've been holding yourself within. We are so, 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 so socialized to wait until someone gives us permission to start living our best, biggest, most authentic lives. If that hit a chord with you, what I want to say to you right now is here's your permission slip. I love you. I want to give a big thanks to Z Family Law, which is the family law firm where I do divorce coaching. Z Family Law has been a major asset to families going through the COVID-19 crisis. If you are looking for free resources on divorce, custody, domestic violence, and child support right now in the midst of the crisis that everyone is living through, you can visit zfamilylaw.com for free resources that are tremendously powerful. This is guidance from attorneys licensed in Maryland and Virginia, guidance from me, I'm a certified divorce coach. And then you can obviously connect with us one-on-one simply by visiting our website, or you can shoot us an email at hello 
at zfamilylaw.com. So I hope you will go over to zfamilylaw.com, tons of free resources for you, and you are not alone if you are going through a family law matter. We're here to help. I, I think like most people in the country that are tuned into the reality of what America has done to minorities over the course of the history of this country am reeling with what to say, what to do, what to teach my son, and just how to be supportive in this moment, how to stand up, how to make my voice matter, how to make my privilege matter, how do I leverage my privilege, how do I stand up and support the black community, but also make it clear that this is not a black community issue. This is a violence, violent culture, systemic racism issue. This is not a black issue. This is an issue where black people are being killed because of white supremacy. This is a white supremacy issue. This is a moment where we have to really reconcile with the fact that this country, I think like many countries, works covertly as a society, right? This is not necessarily an an institutional issue, although certainly it has those components, right? Our laws, our, our economy, every structure in this country is built on the oppression and continued subjugation of minorities, the exploitation of African and Africans, right? Not African Americans in 1619, they were not African Americans, right? This is black and brown people being exploited, killed, marginalized in the service of continuing structures that benefit power right not just people in power but the actual structures of power that comprise our society and so i'm jumping on here today because i've i've taken time to just pray and reflect and become educated more and listen and hold space i i think in these moments it's really um there's a natural tendency to want to jump in and say something right away. And that is a good thing. If the things that you are saying are, this is unacceptable, this is injustice, this is a moment for action, right? Those immediate actions, hell to the yeah. Um, I wanted to give it a couple of days to just let my thoughts sink in before I jumped on and used my platform to send a message of kind of what is it that we should be doing in this moment? How is it that we can be engaging in action? And, um, you know, I think if you have a platform, if you have means of expressing yourself in a way that it influences change, there is a responsibility to um, make sure that you're not shooting from the hip because words have consequences. Um, so with all of that in mind, here here's what I what I have come to uh, understand and feel is important, especially for 
white America to have in mind in this moment. And I should, you know, beyond the kind of prayerful consideration and listening, um, I just want to flag that my PhD is in conflict resolution. I wrote a book about how white parents should be engaging in urban school districts. So this is not just a thing where I've been listening for a week. This is a thing that I've been doing deep research and engagement on for for almost a decade. And that's not to say I know more than you. It's to say, just to give context, kind of my comments are not coming out of a week of reflection. These are things that um, I, I think have an impact on a more structural global level. Um, and that's coming not just from this week, and, and me thinking about this this week, but really me being grounded in scholastic literature and a sense of history. So um, with that in mind, that preamble out of the way, it, here's my thoughts, and, and this is based in um, listening as well as just kind of my own reflections. Um, so first, say their names. Do not talk about this as just police brutality, right? Talk about this as people losing their lives and and who are those people, right? Say their names. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, right? And that list goes on and on and on. But as you are talking about this, especially with your children, say their names. The erasure of the black experience is something that contributes to the problem, right? It, it's a, it, it, it is the problem. It is the problem amongst all of the other components <laughs> that comprise the problem. So say their names. Teach your children their names, right? We, we give honor to people by acknowledging who they were. Um, I think the next thing is don't be impartial. This does not mean you make a tepid statement on Facebook, although, you know, for sure, use whatever platform you have to pick up a microphone and make it clear that this is not something that you condone. Um, But it it has to go further than that. This is a moment for active anti-racism. And what does that mean? That means having really uncomfortable conversations with people that disagree with you. It means understanding that this is a moment not just for legislative action, for voting, for supporting your friends of color, wrapping them up in love. This is a moment to get real fucking mad and to... (laughs) You're hearing my (laughs) six-year-olds. I had a bad word there. Um, This is a moment to make it clear that you are going to be committed to being part of the solution. And if you're not, right, silence is complicity. Do not pretend for one frickin' second, we're going to edit our language, that being quiet about this is in any way doing a service because maybe you're feeling anxious that if you speak up, you're going to do that in some sort of wrong way and therefore um, offend people. Get yourself educated. There's tons of resources out there. If you're on social, dear God, there's a million of them. Google, you know, how can white people help? I promise you those resources exist. Stand up, actively use your voice. This is not a moment for tepid statements um, or, or silence. Um, the next thing in, in the line of there's tons of resources out there. Do not call your black and brown friends and ask them 
what you should be doing right now. That already exists. And the reason that we should not be doing that, dear friends, is because it's not their job to educate us on top of everything else. That is emotional and intellectual labor that you are putting on someone else that is already hurting, that is already for their whole life been in a position where they have had to be an example, right? A, a standard bearer, right? They're not just a, you know, a kid going to school and, you know, in eighth grade, they're a kid going to school in eighth grade being like, well, what's, what's a person of colors take on this? Like, no, like you would not be in a room filled with white people and have someone turn to you and be like, well, what's the white person, you know, white people experience of this? It's like, no, we exoticize people of color and put the labor on them to educate white people, right? I'm, I'm saying us, right? I'm assuming most of my listeners are white. I've got some of the demo breakdowns, but it, don't put that on them. That is part of the problem. Um, so pivoting from that, um, I want you to step in and, and do reach out to your friends of color, but that's not in a please educate me as to how to be in this moment. That is a wrap them with love. That is what I've gotten from the the people of color in my life that I care about is I just need you to love me right now. So smother them, you know, text. I love you. I'm thinking of you. Phone calls. How, what can I do to be of service to you? Right? Not, not what should I be doing to protest? How can I make a difference? But what do you personal, you know, person I love, what do you need from me? Is this a moment where you're feeling too overwhelmed? I, you know, whatever, like take that step, call Grubhub, order a pizza, right? Everything that you are living through in this pandemic, right? The exhaustion and the mental changes and the, oh my God, I'm parenting and distance learning and teleworking, all of that, which is fucking hard. I don't want to take away from that. Your friends of color are experiencing that plus feeling a sense of existential angst about what is happening. They are literally, their lives are threatened, right? And that is very real feeling. Don't for one second delude yourself into thinking, well, your friends of color are okay because X, Y, or Z reason, right? That is not true. You know, the people I've talked to this week are, you know, just saying like, despite all of this, I'm expected to fucking go to work and function. Um, I teach graduate school and I had a student last night delayed because she was coming from a protest and she'd gotten delayed by the police. And there's something very sobering about having a educated, you know, graduate student who, you know, professional job walk into your Zoom room classroom wearing tear gas goggles, right? That's, that's the reality of what this looks like. And that's a thing that we, we should not be ignoring. Um, but in the service of not ignoring it, that means offering and holding space, it, providing love, right? And, and making it clear that you are a person that they can 
uh, vet to, you know, if, if they need to pick up the phone and just yell the F word really loud, like, make it known that, that you're a person that will hold space for them and not tell them what to do or how to feel, but, but just hold that space. Um, so I want to pivot now to kind of what can we do on a more global level. So first, um, and, and these are steps that's kind of been outlined, if, as I've said to, to friends of color, like, what is it? How can I support? Um, many of them have pivoted into, like, please take these steps, right? And so um, <laughs> thank you to my friends of color who are continuing to educate me. Um, and these are the, <clears throat> the marching orders that I've been given. No, no pun intended. Um, <clears throat> so first off, go to a local protest. Um, second, call your legislators. Um, the president does have, um, have authority under the 1807 Insurrection Act. <clears throat> Thanks, 1807 Congress. Um, the president does have authority to take unilateral action, um, to deploy military against for domestic emergencies. Um, and if you're thinking, well, yeah, you know, this is really a moment where things are getting out of hand. Fuck you. Because oh. <laughs> here we are. If, if you are thinking, yes, we're in danger. This is a moment where, where the insurrection act of 1807 should be leveraged. Check yourself. Were you thinking that a couple of weeks ago when white protesters armed to the hilt were out of control in front of state capitals can check check yourself because i promise you if those protesters had been people of color armed swarming state capitals none of them would be alive that shit would have been put down so fast it, it, check yourself if you think this is a moment where the government should be stepping in and using military force against our own citizens fuck you. So in that vein, call your legislators and call them to make public statements, right? And so your legislators, like in theory, Donald Trump can go around them, right? He has the legal standing to do that. However, this is a moment where legislators absolutely can stand up and make public statements. Um, call your legislators, embarrass the shit out of them. Say, if you are not willing to go make a public statement, I promise I will go make a donation right now to your opponent. The elections are upon us. Money is power. Your money is good money. Call your legislators and say, I expect you to be making a public statement. Where's your public statement? Oh, you made a public statement? Great. Retweet that. Put that on your social. Say that you are proud of your legislator. We should be uplifting and celebrating the people that in power who are using their platforms to call out injustice. Mama, someone um, text me. Somebody <laughs> Yep. Text your friends. Oh, indeed. Friend is texting me a news story. Um, so hang on, bud. Give me a couple minutes. Um, so I'm obviously running out of my time here, but I'll, I'll end on the last note and stay, say, um, stand in front, literally stand in front. If you are at a protest, you stand, tap, tap, tap the people of color who are at the front and say, would you like me to stand in front of you, right? And this is not me saying, go put yourself at the front of the march. No, if they are marching, right? If the mar if you're marching and, and things are going okay, you best not be the person standing in front being like, I'm here to support, look at me. No, if there is an altercation 
about to happen, right? And, and last night my student went through this. She got shot at point blank range with multiple rubber bullets. I don't know if you've ever been hit by a paintball, times that by five. Now imagine it at point blank range. And this young woman is maybe 100 pounds soaking wet. If you are in a protest and things are getting heated, stand in front. Tap, tap the person at the front on the shoulder and say, may I stand in front of you? Would you like me to stand in front of you? I've, I've seen a couple people on social who have commented that this is exactly what they did, right? May I stand in front of you? And the whole um, disposition of the police engagement has shifted, which is disgusting in and of itself. Um, do not be presumptuous, right? Don't just run up to the front and say, I'm, I'm here to save the day, right? No, that's part of the problem. Um, make the offer. This is a moment where your whiteness can be a shield. Make the offer. Do not, do not presume that that is what is wanted, but make the offer. This is a moment to stand and let your privilege be a buffer between injustice. Um, there are lots of great resources on the internet. Educate yourself. There's lots of great books and podcasts. Check out the New York Times podcast, the 1619 Project. Understand the roots of this. Stay curious. Wrap your friends of color in love teach your children and if you think for one second they are too young I promise you your friends of color are talking to their kids about this because it is an existential threat to their very existence and if you are not talking to your kids I, I know it's uncomfortable I absolutely get that it is uncomfortable my kid is six we are having some uncomfortable conversations um, I get that it, get over your discomfort. People's lives are literally at stake here. We have to change this country and changing the way that our kids are raised and the way that our kids think is, 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 has to be part of this solution. Um, so with that, I, I'm going to leave my thoughts here. Please, let, let's just do a better job loving each other. Oh, oh I'm going to add one final thought, actually. Um, please departments are making public statements. Um, if that is your police department, right, they're tweeting, they're sending out emails, whatever, putting up smoke signals and carrier pigeons saying we condemn this, lift that up, celebrate them. Because there is a real, real culture that they are um, pushing against. And the more that we can celebrate people who are in positions of power, who are doing the right thing, the more we can say, I see you, thank you for your effort the the more likely it is that 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 will continue so um retweet you know put it up on your social whatever it is um if your police department is is playing a role in being a, a component in the public dialogue about this um lift them up amplify that message um it, but most of all let, let's just do a good job loving each other right now making space and um yeah, I love you. Hang in there.